you guys once again for uh, tuning into our podcast. Today we have two very special guests with us. We have Shagun and we have Paula. Thank you both for joining us. As usual, we have Moon, Willow, and Tosin here with us today. And we will be talking about childhood experiences that have shaped our adulthood or that have shaped our lives. So the things that you went through um, while growing up that you're still, you know, feeling the effect of as of today or, you know, that have shaped how you act, how you behave and how you relate with people. So my first question, I guess, will be um, either of you, Shagun or Paula, either of you can go first, will be what was it like growing up in your household? Like considering the fact that we're um, Nigerians, I want to assume that all of us are Nigerians. Um, You know how it is growing up at home. I'm pretty sure you have one or two funny experiences to share about your parents and your house. But can you just tell us like, what was it like growing up in your house, like in your family unit with family, things like that? Growing up, um, well, you know, growing up in a Nigerian setting has, it has its, um, it has its pros and its cons. Um, the pros being, there's a kind of, there's a certain kind of discipline you, uh, you're, that's instilled in you. And mm-hmm. that kind of cuts out some misbehaviors further in life but then there are also some cons because um the 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 way um the the african mothers or the african parents do chastise their children especially outside in the midst of their friends and uh and the way um you're always uh, they, they, they can they always talk to you with the authoritative um tune it has made many has made many of us to um, be how I, how am I going to put it? Doesn't allow us air our views outside, you know. You were brought up you were brought up in a in a surrounding where you have to listen and not necessarily talk. Not you're not um you're not, you're not your inputs are not welcomed. All you have to do is obey, you know. And then you get to the outside world, and sorry, it's a completely different ball game altogether. Yes, it's a, it's a ball game altogether. You, things are thrown at you. You know it's wrong, but you're unable to challenge this. Um, you're unable to challenge this new idea, this um, this uh, ideology that's been thrown at you. And I realized that I realized that's the situation with a lot of Nigerians. Unlike our Caucasian counterparts, you know, they're they're, they're there to challenge everything, you know, from the from um, preschool to high school to the universities. If uh, if they feel like what's uh, what's they're being given is not what they know or it's wrong, they can challenge it. But we would know something is wrong, but just because you've you you have this kind of fear instilled in you that you don't talk back when an when an an elder is talking when an adult is talking and then you know you might get penalized either by being punished or being failed you just take the rubbish and that has exposed a lot of people to some kind of abuses you know in as much as we do praise the system sometimes because of the um the strictness and because of the 
the the shaping the shaping part that we 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 um approve uh, that we admire there are a lot of um traumatic um effect that that has also um imbibed like has also created in us but we we don't we kind of didn't um realize you know and because most of us because we are in um, a western society now we're beginning to see it like we're beginning to see the flaws and we're beginning to see um those um those wrong uh up uh, those wrong effects show up all right um paula do you want to put in something sure sure i think mine is i'm probably going to speak from a different perspective um so i suppose growing up in a nigerian home i came from a very small and close-knit family and we just always wanted to spend time with each other um we're close we would share every and anything with each other like mom my well most of my mom and my siblings so there was no there was no um room to keep secrets or it was just an open communication an open communication and relationship so i think i didn't have much of that i wasn't allowed to air my views or it was just more so mom tells you what to do and you don't question it and you do it i think we had that open avenue to discuss oh why this is and why this shouldn't be or whatnot but in terms of maybe experiences that i would say from childhood that that shaped my life i would say i suppose i became independent from a very young age and i've seen that play out like in my current experiences that i have that level of independence that I don't wait sitting around for people to do certain things for me or mm-hmm. they expect me to reach out to them and ask them for certain things in a certain way just because I've had that level of independence, which um, works to my advantage and disadvantage sometimes because Absolutely. Um, I, I feel like sometimes I don't even know when to just relax and be taken care of. So that yeah. independence, which I had from my childhood is something that I suppose I'm learning how to strike a balance between letting, between knowing when to just relax and let 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 it be and just go with the flow. Life is simple. I don't have to make it complicated. So, I think for me, that's that's my 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 own perspective or angle. I suppose is different from from the societal angle you were talking about, Shegu. Thank you for sharing, both of you. I just want to ask you a quick question, Paula, before we move on. Would you say that, I know you said you had, like, a really close relationship with your um, mom and siblings. Like, was your dad the same way? I know, like, for some families, the dynamics are different. It's the mother who's, like, more of the, um, you know, the one who's, um, who's a tougher parent, who's a stricter parent for a lot of other um, households it's the father who's you know the stricter parent was like was you, what was your dynamic like with your with your so father for like, was me, it the same so for me i lost my dad at a very young age so i didn't grow up with oh. a father figure in my life so maybe that's what that's thanks that's what probably inspired or instilled that 
closeness. So my mom was yeah. very young. So all she had was her three little kids. So we were just that, in as much as we live in a, what I think it was a four bedroom house, but we all slept in the same room. It was like, I, I think because we're the only things she had, she just yeah. clung to us. So she did her best to make sure she raised up, raised us upright. Um, yeah. And I think that's why we had that closeness. So even to today, like even when we're younger, before she does things, she would like share it with us, just run it by us to get our inputs. Mm-hmm. And then we've just always been that way. Like, well, I suppose even my elder brother, became her husband well without even knowing because yeah. he became quite protective like he wanted to know like what, where my mom is she's not back by certain time where is she he's panicked so I think that's what me brought about that very close knitness that we had that we still have to have- today that okay. we would generally just like even before we do things we'll just put it in a run it by each other oh this is happening what do you guys think about this yeah i want your input in this and i suppose that's just how we function and that's how we still work so absolutely i guess that's that's what that's why the dynamics is that way yeah yeah understandable how about you guys uh toasting and mongwilo i think shego uh for me i think it's a bit of shego and a bit of paula so i'm like right in the middle so i'm a daddy's girl forever and yeah my mom was the one who at some point i was like did you really give birth to me like why why do you treat me this bad and yeah for me i was the first child so my mom used to expect a lot from me but uh you know like oh i have three siblings so if they did anything wrong you know it's like get ready to be punished for what your siblings did, even if you were not the one who did it. The fact that you didn't do mm-hmm. it, you didn't tell them not to do it. So yeah, I went through a lot with my mom. Uh, she's not a bad person. She, my mom was just a disciplinarian, and we have yeah. very very close relationship. When I look back, yeah, speaking of independence, I think that's where I got that from because she was like, okay, your siblings should be your responsibility. So yeah, while my dad was the you know, don't beat my child, don't touch my children kind of person. So for me, I was like right in the middle. So I got a bit of both. Both. And yeah, so I think both of them actually shaped me because I didn't let the daddy's girl thing get into my head so bad. Uh, I had my mom there to correct or reset my brain when I was trying to get spoiled or let it get into my head. So Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm thankful for those um, events. Yeah. How about you, Mom Willow? Um, for me, I, yeah, I was a daddy's girl and until very late, I did not realize that I, nobody would pamper me like my dad. I always expect everybody to pamper me like my dad. And um, my mom, I know she was like very strict on my um, siblings, but I'm the last. So I did not really get that part of the strictness and that kind of the, that part of the yeah. disciplining and all the, um, trouble growing up yeah but yeah i think i think for me it's the same as tosin so i'm the oldest Mm -hmm. of all of my siblings and i always say like i'm not really mommy's girl or daddy's girl or anything like to be honest nobody's nobody sent me but (laughs) i know that (laughs) but i know that um my father has a soft spot for me as do my mother like i'll usually if i ask for something i'll typically get it out of my father but my mm-hmm. dad was the stricter parent he was the one who you know like when you hear his car horns like everyone is running to pick up their books 
you know, maybe lay their bed. So just the house has to be in order. Like you have to be studying. You can't be sitting in front of the TV. So like experiences wise, like it was the same thing. Like I was responsible for my siblings. Like if they, if they spot something at home, it was like, where were you and you were doing this? And I'm always like, like, I'm not omnipresent. Why do I know. <laughs> yep. When doing things like I'm doing something else. So, those are the kind of things, even up until now, I think, like Paula said too, it's, it's also like shaped my independence where I kind of like, like I'll get up and do something. I'll, I'm bold enough to ask, but I, I'll ask you once and twice, but I won't ask you a third time. Even that second time, it's like, okay, yeah, give people a chance. But if you don't do it, that's fine. Like I'll get up and I'll find a way and I'll get it done. And that would be the last of it. Like, I won't fight you about it. So I guess the mix of both has also kind of, like, shaped how I live right now, like, today as an adult. So I guess it's a good thing as well. But, yeah, it depends on, you know, how you interpret it or um, who's on the receiving end of that independence, um, in quotes. So, yeah, it's quite understandable. Um, What about, like, do you have any favorite childhood experience like anything that you still remember today like you're like oh that was one of the best times of my life as a kid anyone um i'll just throw i'll just throw in uh my own personal um childhood like um growing up i'm sure you must have been familiar with the uh, myth of the middle child yes (laughs) yeah so i was a middle child that means i had I had no um, child, no no placing, no friend in particular. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had I had an elder brother. Oh no, sorry. I have an older brother. I have an older sister, and I have a younger sister. So my older brother is the first child, first son, and that. My older sister is the first daughter, and my younger sister is the last born, and. Um, uh, I'm just there. So uh, it kind of took me, um, I would say it took me a lot um, to, it took me a lot while growing up because um, I, I, I was attacked a few times, not, um, not physically, I mean, uh, I, was, I was attacked verbally, um, you know, abuses and and things like that. For some reasons, I didn't just look good enough in <laughs> amongst the children, you know. So I hide when visitors come in. I had um, the low self-esteem growing up with the inferiority complex of some sort, and it was more like I had a tough, a tough, um, a tough time growing mm-hmm. up. So that kind of toughened me up amongst my siblings uh amongst all of them it's almost like i'm the one who can shoulder anything and face anything if if you had to ask who would go who would be um who'd be a soldier amongst my family they sure would point towards me i guess the, the, the one thing i had the one thing i had uh as, as my own tool was i was just very smart so i was able to use that's my advantage. I was able to use that in my growing up, you know. Um, so I, 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 I faced some traumatic experiences that 
uh, what make me understand you guys and to me you guys enjoyed your growing up I mean if you had any sort of favoritism growing up you enjoyed yours <laughs> if I need if I need to get something I have to go through my sister to my parents oh, interesting <laughs> yeah so I had I had to use mediators uh, kind of thing I I I, I found uh, going uh, the direct approach was not so much of an option for me I I always had to um, use a mediator and that means I I wasn't wanting too many things because I was trying not to uh, overstep my boundary plus my sister wouldn't be there every time and it's not everything she would want to ask for me plus she also had to make her own demands you know her own uh-huh. uh, things yeah. and so I had to, I learned how to not have some things you know i learned how to be contented you know it's, it's not it's not by it wasn't by choice so it's more like by force and yeah. uh, if i if i need to get it then i would have to find a way to get it and also i had uh, a few you know because of my complexity i had um, some um, peer pressure influence so i also um, learned some i i had knowledge of some vices plus remember i told you i was smart so i was yeah, yeah I was, the, the things i knew as a four-year-old child um i shouldn't know as a 14-year-old child mm. that that's oh. how bad it was yeah i was exposed to too many things i shouldn't have been exposed to and like i said the middle the the curse of the middle child um being unchecked my parents never knew me until I was about 23. You know, they, they had always seen an innocent child, but I wasn't innocent in no way, shape, or form. <laughs> uh, there's, there's almost nothing I haven't done underneath, uh, below age 10. Okay, I'm, just, I'm going to put this out there because um, growing up, I wasn't, I wasn't talking about it because it was, you know, people perceived it differently. But mm-hmm. when I went through yeah. med school, and I went through psychology and I studied the whole behavioral part, which I can come back to. I just didn't want to go all medicine on you guys. So <laughs> I can talk some behavioral changes. You know, it, it was at that, at that point I started understanding myself and mm-hmm. um, I stopped having issues. I Not like I don't have issues. But once in a while, I still have um, those issues. But um, I was able to, um, I was able to shape my reasoning this time i was able to mm-hmm. uh, now i understand what happened now i understand what the trauma was mm-hmm. uh while i was young i i was exposed to uh sexual predators as as input that way mm-hmm. so i had i had more body counts under between four and eight than i did between nine and 26 Wow. Oh, wow. yeah i want i want i want yeah i want you to let that sink in so that's that was so i had alcohol i had smokes <laughs> yeah i had sex i had um what else i could i had fast fingers yeah mm. i could take i could take your thing without you knowing except mm-hmm. i don't want to yeah and i can be um what's it called 
manipulative, you know? Although I didn't use that as much, mm-hmm. but I could. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to say, mm-hmm. those were the vices I picked up from my kind of upbringing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I still, I still, um, I still had the whole respect, the the whole don't talk when your elders are talking kind of mm-hmm. um, mentality. But in my silent mind, I could deal with you, mm-hmm. you know, okay. that kind of thing. So, um, okay, so many many of these things, um, you know, like I know you guys seem to have be on the same page on the whole on the childhood path. I think I would come from the severely traumatic or from the traumatic point of view you know mm-hmm. both abuse and um those things that they were doing that they didn't know was going to affect our growing up mm-hmm. yeah. So, yeah. like My i question. said I'm, I'm also very secretive because i'm um, growing yeah. up um you say something and then it's used against you so i don't yeah. see anything yes yeah. that was, that's another thing my other yeah, question okay. Ashegun, do you think that as an adult, like, I know you've said some of these things are, um, already, but do you think that those experiences are still part of your adulthood? Like, those things that you've experienced in the past, how you you grew up, you know, do you think that they still sort of, like, creep in every now and then? Even, even after going through psychology and kind of, like, recognizing those traumas, those triggers and things like that, do you think that they still every now and then creep up and play a role in like maybe decisions you make uh things you do and things like that uh yeah yes they do but the difference now is um i know how to manage it so mm-hmm. i don't exhibit it you know when i see when i see individuals behaving a, a certain way i just ask a few questions because i'm coming from uh, um i'm coming from an experience angle like yes this looks like something i would know apart from um the medical parts also from the background part mm-hmm. so when i ask this question so th- most times they're they they get to be um you know secretive about it but then i share my own experience mm-hmm. and many other people tend to open up and i'm like yeah i know and then they're like you're, you're asking me these questions like you can read through my soul and i'm like yeah I can, I really can, like, I can see, you know, I've learned how to study people over time. Yeah. The reason why my, the reason why I, I don't um, exhibit what I should exhibit, like, if you notice something about people who had um, sexual predators while they were um, kids, as students, you either become a sex addict or you become completely anti-sex. abstinent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if if you if you if, if you can remember anyone who had the issue, just look mm-hmm. just just look at the records later on. It's mm-hmm. one of the two. You understand? It's hard to balance that. But when you know this is the problem, yes, uh, you might always want to. You might always feel the urge, but then you 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 know better that yeah. this is not this is not what you should be like. This is not what you should be. So you can decide to abstain. Or um, maybe um, get a partner and know you have one partner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And also, because of the complex issue, till date, I have issues talking to a woman of choice. Like, I like a lady. It's, hard, it's really difficult for me to approach. Mm-hmm. You understand? I'm trying to break up that norm. 
professionally, I can talk to I can talk to anybody, any lady on a professional basis. I can talk to you yeah. and um, about um, something random. But if I also like the person, and I want to say I like you, now that is different. It becomes personal, and in mm-hmm. my personal um, uh, frame, I'm unable to break out of that part yet. So that's kind of hard. Except I get some sort of assistance. It's just going to be difficult. You understand? So it's still there. I know it's still there. When, when, when it happens, I know where the problem is from. Mm-hmm. Yes. There are some parts I could fix. You know, some parts I can control my mind, try to control my mind, try to um, suppress things. But there's some parts that, uh, that no, I, uh, okay, no, I still, I still can't do this. So, yeah. Quick so that's answer. very interesting. Very mm-hmm. quick question for me. Have mm-hmm. you tried to get help? Uh, no. Therapy. Is that no. what you mean, Paula? Yes. I know, in, I know what, that's what you mean. In whatever, sort, in whatever form you want to put it. But given that, yes, you know, you have, well, like we said, like our childhood experiences or things that have happened mm-hmm. maybe not even in the childhood maybe teenage or whatever yeah tend to shape like certain characters or traits that we tend to see in people like if i go from myself like i've been in a position where maybe you've been not personally but you've seen where somebody has been denied love so much that they grow up not knowing how to express love or express emotions mm-hmm. or show certain um, um, emotions towards others and even towards themselves and that's because they don't know any different mm-hmm. so I think my, my question is now given that you've grown up to see that okay life is not the way I've always thought it to be how can I make myself a better person or how can I help whatever experiences that I have experienced like how do I overcome whatever experiences that somehow inhibits my progress or my happiness or me moving forward with life okay um i have a defensive mechanism called intellectualization mm. where i tend to put everything in a more um okay i'll put it in simple terms i explain a lot mm. oh, even sometimes it might be complex sometimes i break it down to um simple terms now um about getting help mm. The the time, also part of growing up in Nigeria, you know, there are not there are not so many counselors or um, psychologists or psychiatrists that help with this issue, or or therapists that that help with this issue, and that's why um, um, being a physician in Nigeria is one of the most dangerous jobs. Even though people don't know about it, I've had I've had a few colleagues commit suicide. And um, the ones who have come to the hospital um, mentally deranged and mm-hmm. many other things. We just don't talk about it because of the same societal issue in Nigeria. Yeah, the stigma. Um, it's the stigma, the psychiatric issue and all, yeah, all that. So the reason why I didn't tend to, I didn't um, push forward to um, trying to seek help was first, I didn't identify it was an issue. When I then when I then studied medicine and started realizing it was an issue, mm-hmm. I was also um, studying the solution. So um, 
by the time I realized, okay, this is what, this is what is wrong. I already had an answer and I was getting, I got better, mm-hmm. basically, which is the, I, which is the, uh, the goal of every counseling session is for you to get better. Mm-hmm. You understand? Um, if you, you can still go to a counseling session and not get better. You know, yeah. Oh, yeah. because sometimes not everyone, uh, not everyone is into the ideology of service with heart. Some is just service and get paid. Get paid. You know? Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah so you book. You book me for mm-hmm. two hours. Whether mm-hmm. you get better or not, I get paid. Mm-hmm. I get paid. You understand? Mm-hmm. But now I'm already. I, I was getting better. Oh no, I'm getting better, right? And I know I can still do some more. You know, yes, I just yeah. need to be able to, um, in fact, I would say the one more thing I need to fix is the part of talking to someone. You know, I mean, being well, able to talk about it expressively yeah. like, like this, I mean, that's yeah. a huge step. I mean, like, yeah, if you were not getting better, you would not be able to say all of this that you said. Like, literally, Absolutely. you. it looks like you have the most experience right yeah. now. I mean, it's like everybody's just quiet listening to you. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah. So I feel like, yeah, I feel like, yeah, I totally agree that you definitely are getting better because uh, saying this openly like this is a podcast for crying out loud like i i definitely agree Shekin, that you're definitely getting better and i i i am also confident that you're still gonna get even better mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's, yes, uh, fair, play, fair play to you for coming out to say this actually right. your own experience even overshadowed mine there was nothing more interesting i know right <laughs> <laughs> like i know the question the question was um something memorable and i was i, I was going to say oh I don't know if it's just me, but I'm in that phase of life where I'm like, oh my God, adulthood is just a setup. Please take me back. Take me back to when at least every Sunday, every Sunday after church in the evening or afternoon, my mom's like, oh, okay, let's do something fun. We'll probably go to um, Mr. Biggs or favorites or whatever they had there. And even if we didn't have that much money, mm-hmm. get a can of Coke and get a donut or a meat pie and everybody's happy. And then we mm-hmm. come home. At least I didn't have any worries or any troubles. Mm-hmm. But now, I wish I had those. God, as an, as an adult, you're here trying to worry about decisions, and I'm like, oh my god! By the time I close my eyes tonight and wake up again, it's Monday, and I have to deal with work. Oh my god, adulthood is a setup. Take me back. Well, actually, I like. I'm like, give me pills to fast forward me to like when I'm 50, when I'm probably already accomplished and I'm doing well for myself. Retired on a yacht. Oh yeah, right now I'm just like, no, 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 I'm too tired. But like hearing you, I was like, let me just keep quiet and listen. Man, this is some serious. I think Paula, everyone shares your sentiments about adulthood. Like I was privileged as well to, you know, have those Sundays where, well, it was bread. Bread is like our favorite food. Like my dad had this special bread that he would always buy on Sundays after church. And that's like usually what we would eat. So everyone will look forward to like going to Chinese gardens, it was called. But then still as an older child, you are still looking out for your siblings. So that's a different case altogether. Do you get? But based off of what you've said now, it is completely it is you can't compare it to um Shagun's experiences that he's just described. But I believe that everyone still shares your sentiments about adulthood being a scam. And I tell my siblings all the time, like, don't be in a hurry to grow up. I was that way too. I think most of us were that way. We were like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't wait to start working, start doing this. And I'm like, God, I didn't have to think about fees. I didn't have to think about rent. I didn't have to think about food. Like, oh, like this and that and that. So, yeah, we all, we all share your sentiment. Is there anything, any experience that kind of like stands out to you? Something that you'd have experienced as a child that kind of stands out to you till date? 
So they say like people who experience any emotion in their childhood, mm-hmm. whether shame or guilt or anything, like they still have issues or might have issues in their child um in their adulthood, sorry, they're working towards, you know, getting better and things like yeah. that. Personally, my only shouting, my dad was <laughs> like I said, the stricter parent. So yeah. Every time, like, he did something, like, he was, like, shouting, shout. Like, I think even when he's happy, he shouts. I don't know. Like, so, <laughs> to, to date, till today, even in my personal relationships, like, if you raise your voice, I'm gone. I can't stand it. Like, honestly speaking, like, it's a trigger. If I hear mm-hmm. somebody screaming or shouting, I'm like, no, 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 no. I can't mm-hmm. do that. Me, personally, I can be angry. I'll be furious. I'm, like, I'll be livid. But to raise my voice. I still, I can't muster it because it re- just reminds me of that. And I'm always like, that's not where I want to be. So is there any mm. kind of emotion or things that you felt as a child that still kind of like triggers you till today? Okay, so this is Moonwilla. Personally, I, as a child, I got a lot of attention because I was the last child, right? So <laughs> till today, I used to try to tell myself and psych, <laughs> and psych myself up because I used to, to like, just that i know but i used to feel like um if if you're my friend or if you say you love me you would give me that attention you would be there you would always say yes to whatever i say which is not like that (laughs) right so i'm trying to grow out of that like okay people have things to do you cannot get all the attention in the world you know yeah yeah (laughs) how about you uh tosin Honestly, I don't know. We, I think, like, I, I don't, I can't really pinpoint. I think the major one is going to be like, I don't know. Uh, I think that I'm, I'm going to be a strict mom because <laughs> fam, <laughs> I, I, I already know it. Like, so like, cause everything I've been through, I'm like, nah, like, I, I don't mean to do the exact same to my ch- children. I definitely will not raise, I mean, I have scars from uh, my mom's beating and stuff, like, so they still remind me of the, the you know, being, all the naughty things that I've done and even yeah. things that was not my fault that I got beaten for and yeah. stuff. So I definitely, um, the one thing that I know for sure is I know that I'm going to be a strict mom. Not, be, not, not to say I'm going to beat my kids or anything. I don't even believe in that because honestly, at the end of the day you're just you're just adding more scars to your kids and whatever and mm. it doesn't necessarily shape people so that's what yeah. our uh, mm-hmm. uh the generation of our parents i would say did not exactly understand but uh i think i'm going to be strict because at the end of the day i kind of um enjoyed the old disciplinarian kind of um mm-hmm. what i call it trophy that my mom had because <laughs> you know even like not just kids at home even outside like she was really like um will I say respected like for example I have cousins come over to our house for like holidays and stuff and bad habits that they had taken up from their homes they used to stop at our house and by the time they get back to their homes it's like maybe their mom's call or their dad call like oh uh this boy has stopped uh no this boy has stopped maybe peeing or wetting the bed this boy has stopped wasting food you know so like even people come vacation at our homes and they change and change for good. So that's one thing that I think will stick with me. I'm going to keep, you know, the discipline in. Obviously, I also want that very close communication like Paula has with her family and with kids. I really want very good, close mm. relationship with my kids. But I also want that, imagine kids that have had bad habits for the longest and they just come to spend like a month 
at your home and they go back being like brand new kids yeah. so that was my mom so our house was like that rehabilitation rehabilitation <laughs> <center. laughs> just... so that was it for me so i think that's one thing i'm going to take i definitely want to have you know i want my kids to have fun and everything i, I really want them to be disciplined where, mm. where you're outside everyone respects you both young and old because my mom really had that mm. so yeah nice fantastic how about you paula um, I'll say independence. I just, I just need to yeah. strike that balance of knowing when to be a lady and just relax yeah. and taking care. Mm. I'm not trying to like shoulder everything because I think I just got used to the idea of looking out for my mom, my siblings, making sure everybody yeah. is okay, making sure like when I not even extending it from just my immediate family to my extended family I worry like are they okay I deny myself certain things just to make sure okay no why am I spending hundred dollars on a pair of shoes when somebody needs whatever I would just you know carry that shoulder and that responsibility and then I tend to be compulsive like no things have to be done this way that way if they're not done this way I'm not able to relax like you know things have to be in a certain order and it just gets me walked up and, you know, sometimes not even pleasant to people who are around me. So I suppose mm. that's, that's, I, that's, to, that's be, to be honest, I, I'm somewhat that way in the sense that I always look out for like my siblings, like, oh, is my dad okay? Oh, is my mom okay? In that way. Extended family, not so much. Maybe a handful because they'll be fine. I'm not their responsibility. <laughs> but for the most part, like, you know, close friends. And I also find that I always want to please. Like, I want everybody to be fine. Like, oh, are you okay? And to be honest, it's not a good thing. Yes, your friends should be fine. Your friends should, you know, be doing well. Family and everybody should be doing well. But I don't think that it always, it's always a good thing. Because sometimes you go out of your way, even when it's not convenient for you, just to make sure that everybody else is okay. I don't think it's always a good thing. Um, somebody else might have a different opinion from that, but I don't always think it's a good thing. I think you should kind of like you should help when you can and do your absolute best, but you shouldn't be inconvenienced to make other people feel okay. But that's just me. I, I um, suppose sometimes you? you don't even know when you're doing it. You don't know exactly. You kind of like <laughs> you don't you know when to stop. And just yes. Relax. Like you you're just constantly like, pushing, 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 pushing. Absolutely. That's totally correct. How about you, Shagun? Um, sorry. Um, I'm. I, I, <laughs> what angle am I going to answer this question from? <laughs> Just give us a summary. Okay. Maybe one thing that kind of like shaped you. You don't have to go into detail. It's what yeah. No, no. The reason why I ask that question is, um, I just, I tend, to, I tend to put a, a thick skin on um, everything. You're screaming, you're shouting, the insult. At a point, I became a cushion. I took, mm-hmm. I bottled in a lot. Yeah. And I, growing up, I bottled in a lot. I think I only, I only started letting them out in my twenties. So, um, I, still, they don't affect me. Insults, nope. Um, you want to bully? No. The only, re- the only time, um, you. You might see the bad part of me is uh, when I see my blood. Like if 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 I'm, if someone is trying to fight me and I'm and I'm and I'm begging the person to stop, I'm not begging for myself. I'm begging for the person because <laughs> um, you better stop. Now. Yeah. 
because usually uh, it, it, I get to that overdrive where I really wouldn't care about the consequences and then we just go we just go at it kind of thing. So I'm begging you to stop so I don't get um, angry. I used to have anger issues, but uh, even my sister will tell you that's not true because, like I said, I've been able to manage everything in such a way that those scars, you wouldn't see them even if you try. Mm. You know, and, and and then the same Nigerian stuff, uh, like a guy, you have to be strong. You have oh, to yeah. You can't to bottle things. show emotions. Yes, you can't show emotions, so I don't show it. I'm a softie, to be frank, but <laughs> <laughs> from the outside, you think I'm one um, really tough guy. Well, I like I said, I broke I broke those jinks in my 20s and uh, I I kind of became a different person. But still, I wouldn't like someone to push the anger button, you know. When uh, yeah. someone is getting me upset, I start to laugh. Like, I'm actually angry, but I'm laughing. And then um, everyone thinks it's just me making a joke out of the situation. Yes, I'm trying to make a joke. The whole, the whole, the whole point is so that you stop. Yeah. And then everything cools off. Nothing happens. There's no fights. Nothing happens. But if that's, if after that, uh, or while I'm still laughing, the person decides to push any further, and then that um, that smile turns to a green, then I think it's over. And then at, at this point, I believe no one would blame me for the repercussion because anyone who knows me would have known I tried. Like, I really tried. So I just don't like to be angered as much. And I try my best not to be angry. I try my best not to um, do anything to hurt anyone. I already yeah. know the, 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 the foundation was already faulty. I'm trying to build something that wouldn't shake. <laughs> so I also try to yeah. avoid people who would want to um, still destroy what I'm trying to build. That's why mm-hmm. if, I, if I have friends, if I have, or not friends, like if I have a, um, an acquaintance, you know, and then I think your vibes are really killing. Your vibes are off. I I would just um cut and move. Yeah, because you don't want I, anything that would trigger you. Yes, and the truth is, I'm not very sure of what my triggers are, but I'm trying not to find out at the same time. <laughs> yeah, so we just just keep it safe and keep it simple. Good, good, good. Well, thank you, Paula. Thank you, Shagun, for coming on. It was a very um very insightful insightful topic i think we can continue on for another hour or hour and a half and we probably won't even uh finish um talking about those experiences and things that have shaped us even in our adulthood so i truly appreciate you both opening up like telling your story uh, speaking from your perspective um i hope that whoever listens to this will you know pick a thing or two uh, from this but as usual please follow us on our instagram at the spoken thoughts podcast on twitter at tst pods thank you for tuning in